Hello and welcome back to the Simplicity Diaries with me, Kim John Payne. We're going to be starting a, a short series of these audios on a question that so often comes up, and that is around sleep and sleep for young children, but we'll also be uh, pushing that out in age groups to sleep for tween ages and teenagers as well. We're going to begin today with the environment, the sleeping environment that a child has around them. When we think about uh, sleep for children, my mind, first of all, and uh, very often goes to the, the, the bedroom, um, the sleeping environment that a child has around them. Now, Simplicity Parenting, of course, is well known for its decluttering. So let's start there. But we can expand out from this a little bit, particularly in reference to sleep. Clearing out the clutter in a bedroom is very, very important because if there's a lot of clutter and a lot of uh, visual stimulation in the room, a child's uh, nervous system stays in that kind of exploratory state. And if a child's looking around, exploring, looking at this, looking at that, having their attention drawn here, drawn there, then what they're doing is, is it's saying to the nervous system, you're in sharp focus rather than diffused focus. So one of the first things to do is look around the bedroom and diffuse as much as possible what a child could focus on. For example, toys can go in baskets and then the baskets can be covered with a cloth so that uh, the baskets of toys get put to sleep as well. You know, for little children, the, um, the, the cloth, some parents actually take the cloth and just put the toys to, to bed. Um, my children used to actually put their dollies to bed. We had little baskets and they would put their, their dollies to bed first and then they would climb into bed and, and put themselves to bed. But they were very careful about all the right blankets and such. That's for very little children. But the um, just making the visual plane of, of, the, of the room very soothing and very diffuse uh, for example, if there's bookshelves, um, lots and lots of books and things on them, uh, then hopefully not too many, but you, you might want to put a little piece of dowel, a rod across that, very simple to organize with a little curtain. And so at, at nighttime, again, the curtain is not only drawn on the windows, but the curtain is drawn across things like uh, bookshelves as well. And so, and and it's some parents have commented that the curtains that they like using are slightly see-through curtains, um, like muslin cloth or um, s such things, so that a child can see through. Their books are still there. Their toys are still there. They still have the comfort of actually seeing through that thin gauze-like um, curtain, but it's filtered. And um, that's certainly what, what um, my wife and I did in the bedroom for our children. It wasn't a hard curtain. It was more of a, a filter, really, to the eyes. Likewise, things on bedside tables. 
um, just to make that as clear and as clean as possible. So visually, not a lot of clutter there. Also, um, bedding. You know, if we can make bedding as simple as possible, so there's not very exciting. I, I know, you know, there's cute stuff, dinosaur bedding and kitty bedding and all that kind of thing. And, I, you know, I don't want to go over the top with this and suggest that you should, that should be banned from any bedroom. But uh, it is, I, I've, I've found um, a pattern here of soothing bed clothing to be helpful for, for children, again, just to soften and diffuse the visual plane in the room. Um, also toys, um, beloved toys like stuffies and uh, uh, stuffed toys and such that a child wants to load their bed up with. It's a, I personally I don't have a problem with having toys in a bed, but just three favorites, you know, one, two or three, and they're the nighttime favorites and not loads and loads and loads of bed, uh, of bedtime toys. Then there's the question of uh, night lights as well. Um, if at all possible, if a child does need a light, night light, then have it out in the hallway and preferably not in the bedroom itself. If it needs to be in the bedroom, if you're really a fan of night lights for children, obviously make it as soft as possible. Put something in front of it, a cloth over it, so that over time you can put, just layer it up a little bit, first of all, just with a thin piece of, of gorse, then two, then three. And over the weeks, try to wean children off night lights. One of the other ways one can do it is to have a candle in the room, obviously with matches that come out with you at the after bedtime. This is for younger children. But light the candle, um, have our, our, our nighttime prayers or verse or, or thank yous or just reviewing of the day, whatever your ritual is. But then the candle gets blown out. So there's a time for light and there's a time not but you can also, uh, one of the, the keys to this I found helpful is to look around the room and have a child do a little inventory of the room. You know, here is my bedside table. Here is my bookshelf. Um, here is my uh, basket for, for my toys. Here is the closet and so on. And there is the door. And just um, uh, and sit with them. Do a little scan of the room and then the candle is blown out. So that, that they've got the geography of the room set and um, it, it, it makes a, a, an impression on the child's, uh, again, the, the sort of visual sense that they've laid out where the room is, they remember it, because for very little ones, they can wake up quite disoriented. So that's, an, that's another way to make the environment visually more um, soothing. Now, in terms of of um, sounds, uh, there's obviously we would all <laughs> like just to close the door and close the sound down for a child, but many of them feel that that's being cut off and they don't like it. What a number of parents have done is again got a heavier piece of dowel, mounted it over the door, and then got a rather heavy woolen blanket 
And that blanket over um, days and weeks and months can just become more and more closed until um, you train a child up, you coach them to actually have that curtaining, that heavy curtaining um, over the door completely. So the door's not closed, some light can get in beneath the curtain, but it does muffle the sounds, those lovely familiar sounds um, of, of home. Now this is another little piece of auditory soothing for a child, is when a child's going to sleep, let them know exactly where you'll be and what you'll be doing, and be um, deliberate about it if you can, so that you don't need to stay in the room, but with the with the curtain drawn, <clears throat> excuse me, over the door, um, do something familiar. It might be that you're washing the dishes. I mean, very something very, very basic. It might be that there's another familiar activity that they know, just tidying up the room next door if it's a lounge room. You're tidying up and they hear you moving about and you let them know exactly what you're doing. Do that as much as possible the same every night. So as soon as the child is put to bed, the curtain over the door is drawn, the, the visual field is simplified, then do the same little tidy up routine. We'll talk more about rhythms and routines later, but that um, also comes into this auditory uh, factor. Then there's the olfaction, the aromas and smells. Um, the a number of parents have at bath time put um, soothing essential oils uh, in a bath, like lavender and rose. They're, they're very well known. Ylang Ylang is another one of those deeper tones. Um, Ylang Ylang, I think it's spelled Y-L-A-N-G. Some of you might know it. Um, one has to be a little careful with essential oils and, and, and make sure they're properly diffused or mixed with some soap in your hand as they're put in. Other uh, parents will also have aromas uh, whereby they, um, they take some neutral base uh, uh, um, moisturizer and will we'll put some rose or lavender actually in a moisturizer and a child will then uh, um, put it on their hands and then as they go to sleep, it's really lovely to see the child uh, bringing their hands up to their face, you know, to, to, to smell that, that nighttime smell of the rose oil. Very, very soothing uh, indeed. And what you're doing by addressing the visual, the auditory, and um, the uh, um, olfaction is, is quietening and soothing. Then there's the sense of touch, and that's where a favoured toy comes into play. Something that is a nighttime uh, toy, but you also might want to give a child, oh, you know, a, um, some kind of little little thing that represents you. It could be a, a, a T-shirt that that um, they is one of their favorite t-shirts that they like that you wear uh, and you can give them some little garment that represents you some little thing that represents you um, you might give them uh, one mother actually gave a child 
some smoother pebbles that they found. Actually, they were larger than pebbles. They were like hand-sized rocks that they'd found uh, on a on a beach vacation. And there was a bowl of them and the, the mother had in her own room. And she would take out some favorite ones and give it to the child. So the child would feel it as they go to sleep. Other parents have um, given their their children just soothe um, some beeswax in their hand, so it just warms, and the and the child can manipulate the beeswax, but have something to hold on to uh, that's not you, right? Um, something of you that stays in the room that is also tactile is an, is is one primary way to soothe um, the senses. You can also have, uh, if a child is struggling to go to sleep, um, a, 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 a little practice called a new picture. So if a child's struggling to go to sleep, you can coach them to turn the pillow over. And that is, that is a, like a reset. We're starting again. And you turn and say to the child, have you turned your pillow over? And or have you rolled over? something that is a little bit of a reset and that they can feel they turn their pillow over and that is like a a bodily cue that I'm resetting I couldn't sleep but now I turn that over and now I (laughs) you know I'm starting again I'm resetting rather than getting rather than getting stuck these are all things in in the physical environment of a child that start to soothe uh, a child when they're in their room. One last thing before closing is that I um, also have found it very helpful for a child to have a soothing visual, um, tactile, auditory, olfaction environment at least 45 minutes to an hour before going up to bed so that you actually it's not just the room the bedroom that starts becoming a quieter space that um, the the physical environment perhaps it's the lounge room where um, half an hour 45 minutes to an hour before a child goes to bed the lounge room if at all possible um, sometimes is not right but if at all possible for that to start to be tidied visually a little simpler um, that perhaps a, a, um, a, an oil dispenser is is lit, a candle that heats some lavender oil that starts to be dispersed. So a child starts to associate smells because it's a very strong association, isn't it, with smells. So that the the aroma, for example, of the lavender is not just when they go to their bedroom. It's it's associated with preparing for bedtime. This is a, a um, we often underestimate that that power of, of aromas. So that the, again, visual fields, auditory fields, you know, no, noise has started to quieten down. TV, radio, of course, any kinds of screens. That all we'll come to that later. But that that all is quietened down. So noise starts to quieten down half an hour, forty five minutes before sleep. Um, and and there's just a generally you walk on to a more soothing environment um, and and in that way when you come into the bedroom and it's that there's there's this feeling of I've already started my out breath 
but now the outbreath is a really large one. Eat for little children, even um, in the bathroom at, at bath time. Just have that as a little bit more of a soothing place. Some parents uh, have, have really commented that when they got all the bath time toys out of there and just had one or two, just a boat or, you know, classics or a little duck or whatever, but not lots and lots and lots of things. Likewise, the, um, the bathroom counter is, is as clear as is possible with clutter. Visually, in the bathroom, it also starts quietening down as well. So there's this walk-on, and then the bedroom is this, this ultimate uh, place of, of calm. And in that way, um, we, we're securing the child's physical environment. Now, in coming, uh, um, in, in coming podcasts, we'll also be talking about other aspects, particularly uh, we're talking about establishing very predictable rhythms, uh, in our next podcast, we'll move on then to how to prepare a child through the day, actually, for sleep. And we'll then move into how to filter out adult information in terms of how to bring about good sleep as well. So uh, um, a lot to look forward to, I hope, in these, in these next uh, podcasts. Okay. That's it for now. I sure hope that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.